Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I am your host, Rachel Gilbert, and today we're going to have some very real talk about courageous faith with my friend, Lauren Gaskell. Lauren just wrote a book called Into the Deep and is the founder of She Found Joy. If you feel God calling you into some things that require a great leap of faith in 2019, then this episode is for you. Let's jump right into my conversation with Lauren. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hey, girl, I am good. It's so good to be on your show. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited that we were able to get you scheduled on, especially being the beginning of the new year. I'm excited about the message you're going to bring today. Well, I'm excited to dive into a more courageous faith this year in 2019. Yay. Um, Okay, so before we do that, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, my name is Lauren Gaskill, and I'm a writer. I'm a speaker. I'm also the founder of the ministry called She Found Joy. Um, We have a podcast, and we put on women's uh, ladies' night out events across the country. Um, Grew up in the church and have really great parents, really great grandparents, love Jesus. But as we'll talk about on the show, have just faced a lot of difficulties, quite frankly, um, in high school and in college. And so my passion is encouraging women to fight for faith and live in joy, um, no matter what life circumstances bring, because Jesus does tell us that we will have trouble, but we can take heart because he has overcome the world. And I was honored to attend one of your She Found Joy events here in Texas when you guys came. I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, oh my goodness, I have to go. And it was amazing. I absolutely love what you and your team are doing. Well, thank you so much. And can we just give a shout out to Chilosos for real? If y'all are ever in the DFW area, you must go to Chilosos and get their guacamole. Yeah. It's amazing. It was so good. Um, Okay, so tell us, you kind of hinted at you're going to... Tell us a little bit more about some of your struggles you've been through, but you recently wrote a book called Into the Deep. The subtitle is Diving into a Life of Courageous Faith. So I would love with the new year upon us for you just to share a little bit what that looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. The way I think about troubles in this life is that at some point or another, we all will be whisked away from the shallow end into the deep water, whether by choice or by force. Mm. (laughs) And for me, it was by force. In high school, um, I started experiencing panic attacks, chronic pain, depression, joint dislocations, just all of these troubles that we had no idea what was going on. I, I literally would look up at heaven and be like, God, what is happening? And for a while, I would say for a good solid year, you know, I was raised in the church, but there was a part of me who resented God for all of these, this deep water, these rough waves that I had found myself in. And I felt like I was drowning. I felt like he was not saving me. I felt, I was like, God, I love you. I've given my life to you. Why aren't you taking this away? Because 
the church that I was raised in, and, and we all have our different experiences, but the story that was told was that if you surrender your life to Jesus, everything is going to be okay. Mm. And so I thought that he must not love me or those promises must not be true for me. I must just be too broken, too messed up, whatever, because he wasn't saving me from my situation. So like I said, there was a good year period where I I wouldn't say I completely walked away from the faith, but I was very angry with God and I, I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't hanging on to his promises. I was bitter and I was trapped in what I like to call the undertow of doubt, fear, and despair. You know, that feeling of, I don't know if I like life anymore, right? Like, because I feel like I'm suffocating and the life that I once knew is no more. Um, and I think a lot of us can relate to these things. So into the deep diving into a life of courageous faith is, is my story. And I also share the stories of others of, of people who have gone through these high sea battles, but come out on the other side with a deeper faith, because the way to survive life's deep waters is with a deep faith in Jesus Christ. And by his grace, he has strengthened me and I did turn back to him. Um, so I love helping other people do the same. I love that you touched on the whole whatever upbringing we had. Maybe some people might have had a church upbringing. Maybe maybe you didn't. But sometimes that church religious upbringing is a little bit dangerous in the answers that we get when we do go through the rough times, because I think I can speak for everybody listening and definitely myself. I've also experienced some really rough things in life. And, you know, when that loss comes, so often the church wants to explain it away, which can leave us feeling a little bit condemned. After I lost a baby, I struggled some with that from comments that people would say, you know, of if I had prayed differently or if I had believed, if my faith had maybe been bigger, then you wouldn't have lost the baby. Now, did they say those words? Not necessarily in that way, but it's the way I received it. And so I love that you you hit on that of, you know, that message that that's not the truth about Christianity and in, in our faith. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about faith, too, right? Like we are not promised explanations and faith is the evidence of things not seen. So we are not promised an explanation for anything in this life. Now, sometimes I believe that God, the Holy Spirit will impress upon us like this is why, you know, sometimes, but not always. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I always go back to the book of Job. Um, I love the book of Job. It's, it's a very hard book of the Bible to read, but Job was not given an answer to the why. Instead, God was like, who are you, Job? This is who I am. Who are you? You know, mm -hmm. like in our culture wants to explain it away. But the best thing that we can, I'm kind of getting on a tangent a little bit, but I believe the best thing that we can do for people who are in a crisis of faith, people who are suffering and for ourselves when we're in that place is to just love people where they're at. Don't try and offer explanations, just love them. And that's what we're called to do. Oh, that's so good. I wrote a blog post, I think it was last year that was literally on that topic. It was called Stop Fixing, Start Loving, because that's what our knee-jerk reaction is. And you know, I understand where that is because we are humans, especially women. We're we're nurturers, we're, you know, and then men are fixers. And so I get that that when people see a problem, they want to fix it, you know, but that should not be our first line of defense. We should first love people 
And then if there's something more we can do to help them, we can do that. So I love that. Absolutely. And by the way, you're welcome to go off on tangents. I think my listeners all know by now that I create questions and I always warn every single one of my guests. I'm like, all right, I have questions planned, but I cannot promise that we will not go off on tangents because I think (laughs) it's way more fun to be sensitive to what where the Lord's leading us on these kinds of things. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what we're going to do today. And Lauren did not know this before coming on. So this is a surprise to Lauren as well. But this book that she wrote, one of the things I love about your book, by the way, I have the book. I've read it. I love it. So highly recommend it. And I will make sure it's in the show notes so you guys know where to find it. But the thing I loved about the book was at the end of every chapter, you have some questions for people to go deeper. And I love questions. I think that's why I love podcasting. And that's why I'm studying to be a counselor, because I really believe there's a lot of power in taking questions and not glossing over them. You know, it's super easy at the end of chapters that do that kind of thing to be like, oh, it's just the question page. Let's move right on. I want to encourage you with Lauren's book or any book that you read where there's questions at the end. Take time to, even if it means you have to read the book slower, take time to answer some of the questions. So I actually went through the book and at the end of some of the chapters, I didn't get to get through, do all of them because we don't have enough time for that. But I pulled some of the questions that Lauren wrote and I'm actually going to ask Lauren these questions, what her answer would be to the questions she put in her own book. But I also want to encourage you all as the listeners today to As you're listening, when I ask these questions, answer them. Like, I mean, you, most of these questions, you don't have to have read the book to be able to answer them now. However, reading the book will help you to, you know, have better understanding of where the question came from and how to apply it and everything. But I want to encourage you, whether you're, you know, driving your car, whatever you're doing, just kind of, you know, mull over these questions a little bit. So one of the first questions that um, came up that I really love, by the way, Lauren, um, you're a great question writer. So I have oh, a... thanks. <laughs> I'm glad my journalism background is paying off. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's the power. You know, that's what any coach, counselor, whatever, really, it's just, can you ask good questions? That's the thing. We don't always have to have answers for people. But if you can ask the right questions of people, then that's where it's at. It's just helping people get to that conclusion on their own. Yeah. So one of the first questions that I love that you wrote, and this is my, I want you to answer it right here, is what has been or is the biggest hurdle in your faith journey? Oh, well, that's a very easy answer. Uh, The biggest hurdle for me is that my physical healing has not come yet. Mm. So I actually, I was speaking at a women's group. There's a church here in the area who the women are walking through my book in their Bible studies and they wanted me to come and speak. And, um, my health has been pretty bad this last month and they were asking me about faith and, and they asked me that same question and they even anointed me with oil and prayed over me, which I am so thankful for and so grateful for. But for whatever reason, God has chosen to say, not yet, not now. Now, whether that comes in this lifetime or the next, I have to keep believing. I have to have faith that God is able But even if not, then I still have to have faith that he is still good, that there's still a purpose and all of those things. And when you're going through something that sometimes seems senseless. So for me, being in pain every day seems pretty senseless. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, where's the point in that? You know, like waking up with pain, having random injuries all the time and not being able to do things, not being able to drive anywhere because my wrists hurt so bad. Like that feels pretty senseless. 
Um, so that can be a hurdle for me sometimes, but you know, I believe that we always have to go back to the word, like, what does the word say? Um, whether you're going through a divorce, whether you're going through a situation with your child, whether you got laid off from work, we have to go back to God's promises. And I write about that. We have to rest in his promises because those promises are the foundation of our faith. Oh my goodness, that's so good. And I want to thank you for being real um, about that because I think that especially somebody that's in your position in ministry and all the things you're doing, it's very easy for outside looking in people to go, wow, she just has it all together and no struggles. I mean, it's crazy that we think that about anybody really. Even when you think about that, how many of us view celebrities that way, it's like, no, everybody has struggles. Like, Everybody does, but I just appreciate you being honest about that struggle. Absolutely. Well, and I want to add on to that. You talked about don't be afraid of going on tangents. Uh, I'm not dissing on this man, but I want to share something that happened today um, that I think that all of us can take with us into the weeks and the months ahead into 2019 uh, that will influence how we treat people. Because so if we know that everyone always has a struggle going on, we should never judge someone. So Mm. here's an example. I was at the pool today, um, because being in the water is like, it's the best for me. It's when I feel, I I feel almost no pain, but I've been struggling with opening doors with like hand movements, arm movements, because that's what's being affected right now. And I use the handicap door button because I didn't want to open the heavy door because they're really heavy doors at my gym. And the guy behind me was like, well, that's kind of lazy of you, isn't it? Oh my And my friend was with me and she knows what I have. And she was like, do you want me to punch him? And I was like, no, no. And I said, let's just make a joke about it and move on. But the point in being like, I look normal. Mm. I look fine. And there are tons of people that we pass in public in the grocery store at the gym who look fine, but we are all hurting, broken, sinful people. So we we need to handle each other with care and treat each other with love and respect. Oh, my goodness. I love this call out. You know, I even as you were speaking, just felt led that, you know, we are in January right now. We're New Year 2019. All the goals are there. You know, all the things which are great goals, I'm sure that everybody's setting. But man, wouldn't it be cool (laughs) if we all set the goal of, hey, every day asking God, you know what, open my eyes to people who are struggling, who just need me to extend them grace or to extend them love or whatever, that would just shift our world. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, that's a powerful prayer to pray, by the way. And for those of you listening, when you pray that prayer, like God will answer, he will open your eyes because it is his will for us to be his hands and feet. So he will give you opportunities. I love, too, that you just said, this is why I love tangents. So we we are allowed to go on tangents. Um, but I love that you just said that's a prayer he'll answer. I was just last night talking to my kids about immediate answers to prayer. Like when we pray the heart and the will of God, there's some prayers that we pray that he's like, yes, I will totally open your eyes immediately to all my hurting children that need you to love on them. And I was mm-hmm. saying, I was giving that as an example to my kids because I was like, you know, if you ask God to help you love your brother and sister, he will immediately help you. You know, he will immediately, that's something he will, he's not going to wait around on that kind of a prayer request. He's going to immediately give you those eyes to see people the way he does. So I love that, that you shared that part. Okay. So the next question that you had in your book that I loved, have you ever tried to put your faith in something other than God? 
Oh man, so many things. I put my faith in myself and my abilities so much. Uh, and it's funny because as a woman who lives with chronic illness, God has been quick to work that out of me. He, he I'm, It's not all gone, but he's He's really working out of me because my abilities and, and how I function has changed a lot over the last, particularly five years. But for the longest time, I rested all of my faith, my ability to get an internship in college, my ability to get a job after college, my ability... I put it all in me and what I was able to do. Not to say that I didn't consider God and that I didn't pray, but I think I counted more on myself than counting on him, um, which is <laughs> anytime that we put our faith in something other than God, whether it's our spouse or our job or ourselves, it's going to fail because we all fail. God is the only one who is incapable of failing. Um, and so I tell people all the time, like, if you're afraid to put your faith in Jesus, what do you have to lose? Like, you don't really have a whole lot to lose because he's the one thing. He has a track record of never letting his people down. That doesn't mean that you won't have hard times, but that means that he is always with us. Your friend who you put your faith in, your parent, your job, that might not always be there. Your health might not always be there, but Jesus will be there. I love that. And I also love that, you know, with that comes not only will that thing or that person not come through for you, but it will also be very heavy. So a relationship that was meant to be joyful, like maybe a friendship or a spouse or whatever, it becomes not joyful because no man or woman can carry a burden that only in a load only God can carry. So it's also healthy. It's going to fix a lot of relationships, too, when we start focusing our those things back towards Jesus where it belongs rather than with people. Yeah, you know, something that I'm constantly thinking about is when when something happens, when a crisis comes up during the day, what is my first reaction? Mm. Who, who do I go to first? And I would like to say that it's always Jesus, but sometimes it's my husband. Sometimes it's my parents. Like I want them to fix it. I'm putting my faith in them being able to pull me out of the situation that I'm in. But the person who we should be turning to all the time, and, and you're right, it leads to freedom. Um, it frees up some of that relational stress that we can sometimes put on people, whether we mean to or not, because um, Jesus can handle it all. All right, I'm going to repeat that question and ask you guys listening to wherever you are, ask yourself this question, when in crisis, who do I go to first? Even, you know, great things. I'm so thankful you're listening to this podcast, but I hope finding a good podcast isn't the first thing you're turning to or, you know, calling that friend isn't the first thing. Those are great second things. But the first thing we go to should be to Jesus. And that challenged me today. So I just wanted to repeat it as well. Yes. Okay. Next, can you think of a time you were called to have faith or take a risk? Oh, absolutely. That one's really easy. So I've been running the She Found Joy ministry for three years. And in 2017, God made it very clear that he wanted us to grow the ministry and to take the ladies night out events on the road. And I, being a chronically ill woman, was just, I thought that was the funniest thing ever. But when God speaks, we would be wise to listen. And so I really 
prayed about it. I put out my fleece, you know, like how Gideon put, put out his fleece in the old Testament and just waited on the Lord for him to move, for him to make it abundantly clear. And when all was said and done, we had eight cities that we felt like God was saying, this is where I want you to go. And the doors opened wide in those cities for us to do this thing. So I was, I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars on the line, just having to trust that women would even come to these events and it being so grassroots, like there were just so many unknowns and so many crazy things. And, oh, I just, I had to take the leap, you know, and I I tell people all the time, like faith is not the absence of fear. It's the presence of courage. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like God is calling you to do something or asking something of you, and you're afraid, join the club. Like you are not alone. I mean, even Jesus, y'all, before he bled and died on the cross, he was sweating blood in the garden of Gethsemane. You cannot tell me he was both God and man. You cannot tell me that he was afraid, somewhat afraid to die on the cross. I mean, that is excruciating pain that you and I will never be able to experience. So fear is part of the human condition, but what's important about fear is how do we respond Um, What do we do? Do we dwell in the fear or do we press forward in faith and trust God? I'm going to repeat what you said a second ago. You said, when God speaks, we would be wise to listen. You know, right before I got um, on this podcast interview with you, I was reading in Psalm 150, and the phrase jumped out to me. It said, praise God for his acts of power. And the acts of power, you know, sometimes when you're reading the the Bible, a, a certain phrase will just catch your eye. Yes. And I just was meditating on acts of power. And I started thinking, you know, I kind of had a prayer time. I was like, Lord, yes, do your acts of power in my life. Like, yes, I want that for sure. Don't we all? And then he just really, I felt him impress upon my heart, this reminder that the only way he can do these acts of power is if we're willing to also step, like we have to do our hard part, which really, if you think about it, shouldn't be hard is stepping out and saying, like you said, into the deep end saying, yes, okay, I'm jumping in. And then he does the heavy lifting with his acts of power, you know, but it does take us saying, okay, yes, I will do it, you know? (laughs) Well, and I love that you bring that point up because we think about all of the great ancients of the faith. And I have a chapter called Faith Like the Ancients where I examine the life of the ancients because I think there's so much we can learn from how they lived our lives. But we look at the things that they faced, like, Joshua and and all of those followers, they had to march around the promised land before God gave it to them. I mean, every single battle, there was something that was required of God's people before the breakthrough came. Oh, so true. It's so true. But it is interesting to me, though, the thing that's required does not take a lot of, I keep calling it heavy lifting, but I just mean it shouldn't feel heavy. It shouldn't feel burdensome. Our end of the deal, our end of the deal is the simple obedience. Yet for some reason, we get stuck in even doing the simple obedience things. Yes. I want to take a minute to tell you about my new course launching soon called The Intentional Influencer. Do you have a message God has put on your heart, a ministry you want to launch, or the desire to make money online doing something you're passionate about? If so, this course is for you. How would it feel to influence with intention? Determine where your influence can be most impactful and which social media platform is right for you. 
how to write quickly and effectively so you can spend your time efficiently, or learn to share your message confidently from stage and social media. How about getting paid to be an online influencer and create a concrete plan to pursue your dream to be an influencer that is both joyful and fulfilling? We are going to cover all of those things and more in this six-week course and small group coaching program. Space will be limited for this beta round and price will be as low as it will ever be. So jump on the waiting list in today's show notes and be the first to know when the course releases. Okay, so the next chapter, and this kind of actually goes along with what we're talking about right now, is which biblical hero's story of faith inspires you the most and why, since you were just talking about Joshua? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love, oh, there's so many. It's, it's hard to pick. It's like trying to pick my favorite food. Uh-huh. Um, I think the character of the moment for me and, and on and off, he always will be is Nehemiah. Mm. Um, my life versus Nehemiah eight ten for the joy of the Lord is your strength. But before that verse in chapter eight, those first eight chapters, the story of Nehemiah, that guy had some perseverance. I mean, to leave his cushy job as cupbearer to the king, to go rebuild a wall for God's people who had been exiled. And then the whole time he's building the wall, he has opposition. He has people trying to stop him, discourage him, all of these things. And what does he do? Does he give up? Does he complain? Does he whine and moan that life's not fair? No, he keeps building. He keeps leading. He keeps encouraging. And I just, uh, I'm very inspired by Nehemiah because I think life can feel a lot like that, right? Like we are building God's kingdom. We're helping build God's kingdom. But there's so many things that can come at us and spiritual warfare and just life circumstances that try to make us stop and try to make us feel like it's not worth the effort, but it is worth the effort. Um, And the joy that awaits us on the other side is our strength. So we know that there will be great joy in the end. Yeah. And I can see you in that story very much. So like even just a little bit ago, when you shared the part about when God called you out to start the She Finds Joy, the live events, you know, and the live conferences, and you're going to have to travel. And like you said, with the um, illness that you deal with, I'm curious. So you left your comfortable place, you know, your home, your comfortable place and went out to where God called you. How was that for you traveling with what you deal with? And what did that look like for you? So it's so funny that you asked that question because a lot of people have been asking me, how was the tour? How was the tour? The tour was an amazing example of God's power and ability to sustain us and give us strength when we are weak. I am not doing very well right now coming off of touring the United States, but you better believe that during those two months of traveling, I don't really remember being in pain a lot. I mean, I, I was running on adrenaline and Jesus. Like he, I I remember after the first event, I was wiped. I was so wiped and I was so tired. And I was like, what did I get myself into? And then one of my friends, um, she had to remind me like, Lauren, this is what God has willed. So it's going to be okay. But I, I threw my hands in the air and I was like, God, I do not have what it takes. I, I don't, I really don't know if I can do this, but you have put this thing in motion. So we need to see it to completion. So please, would you give me strength? And 
Wow. He, he gave me so much strength. I mean, I, I was lifting like 50 pound things and I should not be lifting 50 pound things. So he equipped me where I needed to be equipped. I'm paying for it a little bit now. And, and I'm actually, um, it's interesting we're talking about this cause I've been having conversations with God. Like I know he wants the events to continue, but I'm like, what does it look like for me? Like, am I traveling to all of them or God, what do you want? And if he wants me to do that, then I will, but be encouraged for those of you listening by my story that even when you feel like you're not equipped, the reality is you're probably not equipped, but God is equipped. And we were just talking about his power, right? Like, I don't think that I have ever seen God's power greater than when I am stepping out in faith and doing something that requires more than what I am able to give. Oh, so good. And I, you know, what you just shared just now about you feeling probably the best you felt in a while while on the tour, my husband and I have this sign in our um, business and we bought it back eight years ago when we took over the practice. And, you know, when you buy a sign and it doesn't speak to you at the time, but you know, you're going to need it for future. I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but you're like, this speaks to me. It's not my current situation, but I have a feeling it's going to apply to me in the future. So you're just drawn to it. But it says the will of God will not take you or the grace of God will not protect you. And that is just so true that when we're walking in whatever it is God has for us, it's like this little supernatural cloud bubble comes around us, you know, and he's just like all because he just really I feel like the Lord is just so it brings him so much joy when we are just willing to say, Lord, this doesn't make sense in my head and in my flesh, but I trust you enough. Just like you've been saying, if you know the heart and the character of God. In fact, I love in your book, there's one of your chapters where you have all the names of God. I think that is so powerful for us to know really the character of God. You know, the more you know somebody, the more you trust them. And so I just love that you shared that part about that surrounding being there. And um, also one more thing, total tangent, but you said this and I was like, can we get this on a shirt, please? You said you were running on adrenaline and Jesus. Is that on a shirt yet? If not, we need to make one. (laughs) I don't know if it is, but we should totally make a shirt. And I think, I think for me, it should also say chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) Chocolate, adrenaline, and Jesus. Some people probably coffee, but um, oh my gosh. Yes. No, I, I will go for the chocolate because I don't like coffee. And so all those cute coffee shirts, I'm like, well, great. Can someone please like change out the thing that's at the top? <laughs> because I guess I'm saving a lot of money, you know, because I'm not drawn to buying the coffee shirts. But yeah, I like it. Chocolate, adrenaline, and Jesus. So stay tuned. You might be seeing a shirt come your way. <laughs> I love it. Oh. oh, oh my goodness. Okay. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. So another question I, I actually, I've got a couple more, but a couple that I want to make sure we get to, because I'm just interested in your thoughts and I want the listeners to be challenged on these questions as well. And it is what about swimming in the deep scares you the most? And then you said, in other words, what are your deepest fears? I love that mm. question. My deepest fear is... Ending up where I was, God has brought me to such a beautiful place of childlike faith and trust in him and joy. And again, my life is not a cakewalk. I had 10 injections put in my back today to try and help with pain. And it's funny, you know, when you're doing pain management, so oftentimes the things that you're doing to like get pain free are painful anyways. Mm. But my biggest fear is 
not putting the time in, in my relationship with Jesus, in being in the word, all of the practices that I talk about in the book, the practical things that we do to strengthen our faith, my fear is slipping out of doing those. And I think because I'm aware of that fear, I'm even more diligent, but I have had seasons of my life where I've been a little bit more lax and then I'm not as close to Jesus. That's my biggest, there, there is my biggest fear, not being close to Jesus because there is nothing greater than being close to him. Yeah. And so what kind of things do you feel like keep you from being close to him? I think bitterness can Mm. be, I'll have days where I, I'm pretty bitter. Um, It's funny. Last week, God told me, when are you going to stop having a gratitude problem? That was very convicting. I will be completely honest. I'm an honest person. I struggle with gratitude as a person who lives in pain every day. I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that not making space for gratitude is one of my stumbling blocks that I'm constantly trying to work on. Um, I think distraction is a huge problem for all of us listening. Our culture is, when is it going to stop? I told my husband the other day, I feel like our world's just going to like blow up because I will be like watching people on the highway and just like sitting in traffic and listening to conversations and everything is like, going, 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 never stop. And it's craziness. So we have to be more than any generation before us intentional about carving time out to be with God. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Oh, my goodness. That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. Well, it was one of the questions you asked, but it's because that is something God has really been stirring on my own heart. I am not a person who normally is anxious, but lately I have felt, you know, when you can just even feel your heart kind of racing a little bit more than normal, like even when you're just sitting there and I'm like, why is my heart racing? I'm not even exercising. And he just brought to my mind and, you know, just really highlighted, like you said, those loving convictions that he does of it's just constant. The go, 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 push, 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 always something new, always something to attend. And I am, honestly, it's an overwhelming thought to think that this may not ever slow down. How do we get it to slow down so we can? And this is one of your questions in the book. So we'll just go right into it of how do you find space to still hear his still small voice? Yes, yes. So good. Uh, This is going to look different for everybody. So for those of you listening, me sharing my example, it might be completely different for you. Um, It's looked different for me depending on what season of life that I'm in. Uh, There was a point where I was working in an office setting and my Jesus time was in my car in the morning and I would listen to a sermon, um, listen to Bible verses, pray, sing praise and worship music. Today, what it looks like today is I, every morning when I get up, I am in the word Mm. and I am journaling. Sometimes it's prayers. Sometimes it's things that I'm thankful for. Um, Sometimes it's just about the verse that I'm reading And then I always say, God, what is it that you would have me gain from this today? What are you trying to teach me in the season of life? What do you want from me? And sometimes he's very consistent in what he has to like, I want you to love on this person today, or I want you to slow down. I want you to not use your phone today. I want you to pray to me throughout the entire day. Just say, hey, God, this is what's going on. Would you would you be my peace right now? But lately, actually, I have not heard from him in a couple of weeks. 
aside from the gratitude thing, the last thing I heard from God was be still. Mm. And so that is something that I, I, like I said, I I get up every morning, I'm in the word. And then if I notice my thoughts start to shift or my attitudes start to shift throughout the day, I put on praise and worship music. I pray, you know, my husband and I, before we go to bed, we always ask each other, how can, how can I pray for you, honey? And then we'll read some scripture before we go to bed. But it's making sure like a relationship is not a one-way thing. It's a two-way thing and it's constant. So that's how we should view our relationship with Jesus and making time with him. It's, it's constant. If you don't have time to sit down in the morning and read your Bible, that is fine. Like I said, like get the Bible app on your phone and there are so many translations that you can literally have it read to you. It's amazing. Or simply just be still in his presence. There are so many ways to connect with him. I love, too, that you said it will look different in every season because that's been such the truth. And I have to watch myself to not stay in uh, habits just because I've always done this. I've always got up and journaled and then read this, you know, this particular reading plan or whatever and really being intentional about asking God, okay, what is this season of life look like? What would you like me to study? You know, is there a particular reading plan? Maybe not a reading plan. Maybe, you know, just so much, you know. There's freedom in that as well. Um, a couple years ago, God had me do chronological reading plan, which was awesome. And, you know, but then when that was done, I was like, I kind of want to do this again. That was so good. And he was like, no, I just want you to go back to reading as I lead, you know. And so that's the joy of a relationship with him is he's very personalized to each one of us. And so that's mm-hmm. what I love about that. Mm-hmm. I'll add one other thing, um, something that I used to do a lot of prayer walking. Mm. So when I would walk my dog or just walk on the weekends, I would pray while I was walking around my subdivision. And that's another time when like, usually I feel like when we're walking, we're, you know, on social media or listening to music, which is fine. But that's another touch point where you can be in communication with God. I love you brought that up because I do prayer jogging. (laughs) But um, what's interesting is I have, I'm not a runner. I'm super slow. I can actually speed walk faster than I can jog. So I'm definitely not out there competing. We should totally (laughs) jog together. Yeah. I'm not supposed to jog, so I'm very slow. Yeah. So you would, you'd be right next to me. But what's interesting is a couple years ago, I got into running because I found, oh, I, God would download, like, I got so much revelation while I was running because I stopped thinking about, oh, this hurts or, oh, I'm tired. And I just started talking to God. Well, then I actually ran a marathon because I just was like hanging out with God the whole time. Oh, we can just keep going. You know, we'll just talk all day. Uh, But last year I had an injury, Achilles tendonitis, um, and it, it lagged for about a year. And I had to wrestle through because I'm like, wait, God, that was our time together. And now I just lost it. And like there was a whole year where I didn't get to do that thing with him. So it was confusing to me because I'm like, why would this, the time that you and me like to hang out, why would that go away? And he really showed me some really cool stuff in that season of not worshiping the way in which we connect to him too, mm. which is interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> we can worship the quiet time more than we are worshiping Yes. The God that is the reason for the quiet time. Yes, exactly. So I love that. Um, Okay. One thing I have to say, I have to circle back around to, since we're on all kinds of tangents, is earlier you said something about you getting those injections and you said that the things that 
you're doing to get pain-free or painful. And you had said that, I know you were saying physically, but I just heard it in a way we were talking about fears and I wanted to encourage people listening that sometimes tackling your fears head on initially might feel a little painful, but if you look them in the face and confront them and see, okay, what is the root fear of whatever is happening in my life or in this situation, it feels a little painful. We don't like to stop. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it. We try to just avoid it. But if we'll stop and sit in that pain just for a minute, just so we can see what's actually going on in our heart, there is freedom on the other side of that. Well, I think I write in, is it chapter one? I write something along the lines of the same waters that you think might drown you are actually the waters that save you. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul talks about this in the New Testament, count it all joy when you experience trials of any kind, for you know that those things produce spiritual maturity, perseverance, all of the good things. So what I am working on and what I think all of us can work on is when we see a trial or we're in a trial, don't don't be like, oh, yay, I'm in pain again today. But shift your perspective to be like, okay, I know that this is going to produce something great, that this has the power to save me in some way and seeing it that way. Oh, so good. I love that. Okay, Lauren, so I seriously could talk to you all day, but we're going to get off for now. I might just have to have you back on the podcast so we can keep (laughs) talking. I didn't get through even a quarter of the questions I was going to ask you, but that's why I like to just let the Lord lead our conversation. Um, But before we go, I want you to just tell everybody where they can find you online if they want to stay connected. Absolutely. Well, my website is laurengaskillinspires.com. And then if you want to learn more about She Found Joy, you can just go to shefoundjoy.com. And both of those sites have uh, social media links, both for myself and the She Found Joy ministry. Awesome. And as always, those will be in show notes. So don't worry about if you're driving or something, writing anything down. They'll, they'll always be there <laughs> yes, in show notes. Please don't get in a car accident to write those down. Yeah. Would that be good? Okay. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much. I know everybody's going to be so blessed by all the words that you shared with us today. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And I cannot wait to see you again in person sometime soon. If that conversation with Lauren doesn't make you want to jump into the deep waters and live a courageous life of faith, I'm not sure what will. I know I left my conversation with her inspired to take some big leaps of faith in my own life. Speaking of giant leaps of faith, I am launching my first online course called The Intentional Influencer, which I shared a bit about earlier on the episode. This course is for you if you have the desire to be an online influencer, but aren't quite sure where to start, or maybe you just need a little extra support. Be sure to sign up for the waiting list to be notified when the course releases via the link in the show notes. You also can connect with me just right on my website at rachelgilbert.com. Sign up to be on my email list there as well to stay up to date with these kinds of announcements as well as when new podcast episodes are released. And remember, space is limited on this first round of this course, so you'll want to make sure to sign up as soon as that email goes out. All right, friends, that is all for today. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.